You are listening to Word, a weekly word from the world's bestseller. Amichai Lau Lavi's New Bible Blog, a Jcast Network production. To subscribe to this blog, to read this blog, and to learn more about Amichai Lau Lavi, please visit amichai.me. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Here's the weekly word, another password to the riddles of our lives. This week's word is eat, tochlu. The weekly Torah text is shemini. Instead of bringing us together, food can sometimes become a reason for rifts. There's a commotion outside the bakery on Agrippa's road on the night right after Passover. A bearded man clad in black, yelling at a group of Israelis, men and women, some in knit kippahs and headscarves, some not, who are trying to buy fresh pita, eager for the first, first flavor of unleavened and not in the mood for the yelling. It isn't kosher! The man gestures wildly. It's too soon after the holiday is over. This bakery is not kosher. He points at a sign on the wall. Fresh pitas may not be purchased before 8.05 p.m. on April 1. He takes about 30 minutes to prep and bake a pita. Signed, the rabbis. It's 8.15. The bakery owner is not there to reply. The Arab workers busy packing pitas into plastic bags don't even look up. And a few of the startled customers are Israeli-style shouting back, showing him their watches. He refuses to relent. The bakery has been open since 8 p.m. It must be shut down at once. We walk away from there amused, but also really not, nibbling a fresh pita and trying to make sense of all this food-related mania and where ancient rules for dietary well-being have become so Kafka-like, ridiculous, and so very unappealing. All the flavor taken out of a simple pleasure with too many regulations, too much supervision, separating us instead of adding another chair at the table. Passover is just such an example of kosher gone wrong on steroids. The holiday, like so many others, is grounded in the art of eating. The flavors, I would give it meaning. The taste is where our memories reside. But also the ongoing slavery to this wrong kind of stuff. The ultimate gastro-Judaic obstacle course sets up each year unpleasant drifts and family feuds sparked by different traditions of what one does or doesn't eat and how. Quinoa, for instance, the latest addition to the kosher for Passover or not saga, banned by some, blessed by others, ignored by most. At least at one Seder I know of, an entire part of it was thrown out because the hosts feared the hostile reaction of a cousin. Really? It's not like there's not a lot of hungry people out there, among us. For this we left Egypt? For pseudo-Bible-thumping hunger games? Far beyond the norms of actual nutrition, Dietary restrictions define our most private and public norms of living, which is, most likely, their very reason for existence. You could argue that kosher or halal, for instance, matter because God said so, or because that's how social walls protect and mold an ethnic identity. But for me, it's simply a device to be more personally aware of the daily duty of conscious, nutritious intake. It's about discipline, it's about gratitude, and it's about control. The religious prohibitions were inserted to make it more scary to some folks with punishments. But really, that's just the gravy. The truth is about discipline. Maybe it all began with the very first bite of forbidden fruit. And all this kosher stuff is the reaction to boundless desire and its consequences. I grew up 100% kosher. 
tested the boundaries during my teens and army years, gone way off, and am now somewhere in the 85% vegetarian camp, kosher-ish. I only really started understanding the power of dietary restrictions when I went on a very rigid and successful low-carb diet about 10 years ago. Ah, I remember thinking, as I carefully removed the slices of bread from my tuna sandwich, with carbs clearly marked as the new trafe, this is why we have dietary restrictions in the Torah. It isn't about some godlike menu. It's about the disciplined practice of careful eating. Conscious, healthy, environmentally aware, this, not that. The law is there to serve the greater human need for better living and for survival on this planet. The eco-kosher movement is totally a step in that direction. My friends at Chazon are also doing amazing work in this area. In this week's Torah text, Shemini, Leviticus 11, lists the famous do's and don'ts of kosher cooking. Rabbit out, chicken in, etc. We are what we eat. And what we are not allowed to eat, or choose to avoid, define who we ultimately want to be. Laws are important for the health of a nation. But sometimes laws become an obstacle to life. With all due respect to kosher and to kosher for Passover, and even with respect to the yelling Jew outside the bakery on post-Passover night, Dayeno. The obsession with minutia is driving us away from the real bottom line, the big picture, the healthy diets of disciplined pleasures that will nourish our bodies, satisfy our souls, and help us be in better sync with the rest of the planet, with each other. Food is there to bring us closer to ourselves, to each other, to the divine. We must make sure it isn't used so much as a tool for oppressive separation. There are enough food disorders in our lives already. Let's figure out a way to make the Jewish diet one that doesn't promote more suffering, but brings more joy into our lives, one bite at a time. How privileged we are to be even having this conversation. Bon appétit. Shabbat shalom.